Hey everybody, what's up on the show? We have Mark Champagne. Mark is a mental fitness coach, but he came from actually building a huge app in the personal development space in the space of mental fitness, an app that was meant for journaling. And after that, he decided to shut down his app and go with training teams and individuals and writing a book called Personal Socrates. You will hear all about it. So it's an amazing episode. Mark is just an amazing person. He gives so much value and asks so many great questions that you guys can all ask yourselves. And this one hour, it just opened me up so much, like emotionally. I really hope you enjoyed this episode, everybody. And remember that this show is just sponsored by Commit First. <laughs> we don't have any more sponsors. I just want to make sure that you guys share the message. Please rate us on Apple Podcasts. Please rate us on Spotify for listening on Spotify. We would love your review and your rating. That means the world to us. And if you share this with other people that find value in Commit First, that would mean just the world. Again, this podcast is something I'm investing a lot of myself into, bringing you amazing guests, and I would love for this message to move forward. So if you can pause for one second, send it to someone you love, maybe rate it if you, this is not the first show you're listening to. And if it is, rate at the end, no problem, just if you liked it, right? And let's begin. Enjoy the show with Mark Chandler. Hey everybody, what's up and welcome to the Commit First Podcast. Today on the show we have Mark Champagne. Mark, what's up brother? Hey man, it's good to be here. I am jazzed up to be on the show. I mean, we had one call before this and went back and forth and the vibe is aligned. So I can't wait to, to chat. <laughs> Definitely, man. And just to give the listeners a context. So I was researching... Like, I, I actually don't think you guys know, like if you're listening to the show. So I'm working right now on personal development apps. I'm working on a specific app that is supposed to come out in July. It's all about affirmations. And then another app, a uh, bigger app that I'll expose the details of that later. So I was kind of like listening to interviews of founders of like uh, personal development apps out there. Uh, I listened to interviews by the founders of Calm and Headspace and Instatimer. And then I got to this application called Azure or Ellen's Mind. And right now it's called Ellen's Mind, right? It was called Jure yeah, because it was acquired, yeah. right? And so that's where I got to Mark's podcast, Behind the Human. And I was like, huh, I mean, I just got to this podcast by mistake, but here's an amazing interviewer, has a very successful podcast, interviewing amazing people exactly on the topics that I'm really aligned with. And then you interviewed the founder of Jure, which you guys work together and you built a... Uh, bit it up to like 80 million users. Yeah, yeah. My original Crazy. app, uh, Keo. Right. Yeah. yeah. And then, yeah. So basically, and then after that, I listened to your interview with the, oh, I forgot her name, the, the lady who wrote the manifest book, Christine or? Oh yeah, Christina Rice. And she's also amazing. And I got her book and listened to the book because I'm all about manifestation. Like, I got to talk to this guy. So I reached out to you. I called and I found this like link on your website, like random link to book a call with you. You didn't even know you had. <laughs> I forgot about it. I mean, yeah. to be honest, I think I know it's there on purpose, but it's primarily there for in the team section. If you want to book mental fitness sessions and whatnot. But I'm happy you yeah. clicked on that and booked the call because here we are. Yeah, we're, we're obviously very aligned. Definitely. And so, yeah, we had a great call and I want to talk to you about everything and I guess it's, it's not going to be the only show that I bring you on but I think let's start with a bit of backstory right now you're helping people that are have a lot of stress in life and a lot of responsibilities to kind of live a, a, 
to get into more of a well-being kind of mindset and life around them. But it wasn't always like that. You were one of the high-tech entrepreneurs in a way, or, you know, you had your own app. And can you tell us about that? Yeah. Well, first, I mean, I think right now, present day, whether it's stress or whether it's helping people think at a different level. I mean, I'm just doing everything mental possible, fitness. mental fitness to take, to help people come closer or be more or have more access to mental fitness and the practices that are under that umbrella, which is really just anything to help train your mind. Right. Because I mean, and this links into the backstory, because when I was running and I had spent about, you know, 10 or so years in the corporate space beforehand and left to, excuse me, to create Kio, which at that time, and ironically, I've become good friends with the founder of Jour and Day One and some of the other apps as well. But at the time, there was nothing that existed like a calm or a headspace that guided you into like common headspace are doing guiding you to meditations, but there was nothing like that that existed for journaling, guiding people into a journaling practice. And, and in our case, we were leveraging good quality sequences of questions and topics to guide people into the practice. So I left that, the corporate world, and like I said, you know, I was there for about a decade. It wasn't one of those situations where I was unhappy with my job. It was just, I had this idea and I knew I would regret not trying it. And long story short, we... We didn't, we didn't have 90 million users. We reached 86.9 million people. But we had, you know, we had users in the six figures in terms of downloads and whatnot, which we're super awesome, impressed with yeah. or proud of because, I mean, we had no app development experience. This was kind of our first rodeo into that space. And, you know, as much as we reached a lot of people and there were a lot of really great partnerships and brands that came in into the space financially we couldn't keep it going the the revenue model wasn't working on the app and in that same year when we hit 86.9 million people i remember staring at the same apple dashboards showing all the numbers and my next step was to hit delete from app store that was that was challenging because it wasn't just deleting an app or shutting down or actually even pivoting a business it was like deleting a part of my identity for the last three mm. years. And also this, and I mean, you're in this space, you understand, I mean, there's almost like this sense of responsibility to people that are using the app or using your service, because it's not like we're creating parking meter apps. I mean, very useful. I have massive props to the people creating those apps, but in this space, I've seen it. I mean, these questions in a journal or a practice like this can literally save a life, right? And, and definitely improve many lives. So there's this, right. almost like this sense of responsibility, which puts a lot of pressure on the people that are making these products to be there, right? So what happened? Why? I mean, why not work on the business model and why close the app? Why shut down the app? We obviously did everything that we could at the time to get it to a place where the revenue would be a little bit more predictable and so forth. At that time, I was spending a lot or putting a lot of effort towards raising some capital to keep it afloat. But this, just for people listening, just to set some context, this is before Calm, which, you know, basically put a, a big stake in the ground before they raised a significant amount of capital and value the industry at a, over a billion dollars. Before that, it was very much 
oh, these are these wellness or mindfulness kind of woo-woo apps and so forth. Like there wasn't a lot of attention mm. yeah, in the industry or the space. Definitely not from investors. And that started to change, obviously. But we were probably just a little too early on that curve. And to be honest, at that point too, because I've been asked before, like, do you regret doing that? Or what do you, like, what if you would have kept going? Like, what, what would the path be? And I don't look down that road because at that time, I felt mentally full and over capacity and started mm. to feel like, how can I be interviewing people and being the kind of the face of what we're putting out there? And then also at the same time, not feel mentally fit myself. So starting to feel like a hypocrite and that didn't align anymore. And I guess the other part that made it in the moment, it was very challenging, obviously, because that was a, essentially a trauma in my life to be able to delete that and then figure out now what to do. But deep down inside, I knew that, you know, I found the right work. Mm -hmm. It just means that just because this one vehicle didn't work out, yeah. you know, financially, 80% of, of what we created there, I would say did work out because it's the only reason I'm speaking with you. It's the only reason <laughs> I've got the book, yeah. Personal Socrates, the podcast. Mm -hmm and so forth. But it's just one of those things that in the moment that felt like the right decision and it still feels like the right decision. So let me ask you about this because, you know, I'm very interested in the route that you're taking. I'm coming from starting to build a community and that's what I've done for the past decade. I've built a couple of communities. This one is kind of like my third community building and I'm coming out of the point of like, wait, so I can, well, I'm really good at creating apps and, you know, and stuff like that. So why not create an app for personal development and not be the mentor, the guy who writes yeah. the book. Like, why not create like an app if I can, because now has more validity for scale or more like potential for of scale. That's why people are thinking. This is what I thought when I got into this. I know that it's going to be hard. And now I'm starting to feel how hard it is when investors are laughing in my face. <laughs> right. But let me ask you, when you made that decision, you knew how less of a scale you have in a model where you're coaching and, and you're mentoring others. And also if you're doing it for companies. So what takes you there? You, you mean post app and like what I'm doing yeah. right now? Because you yeah. did the other way. You went from app into yeah. like the thing that is, let's say less scalable on a normal, like in, in any common high tech norm. Right. So. Well, I, I mean, that's... on my side, like I said, there was probably almost, I'd say a good year, maybe even more of, just kind of dancing around trying to figure out, okay, like what's the path, right? I was doing a lot of freelance work, a lot of brand strategy work, which is what the industry I had come from. What I was trying to do though, with any of that strategy work or writing was to keep it somewhat in the mental fitness space. That's actually how I linked up with Maxim from Jour. You know, we, we ended up chatting and nice. I did some work for probably, I think about a month with them writing and doing mm. some podcast strategy stuff. So I was doing more and more of those t types of gigs or that kind of work. And as I was doing that, what started to come up, you know, just in my own reflection and own mental fitness was that like, there's still something here with the power of questions and how questions relate back to mental fitness. Because for me, when I was in those dark moments after deleting the app, I mean, one question literally saved me from a deep depression. And that's just, what do I want for my life? Mm. And, you know, in answering that, then the next question comes and the question after that, right? Like, what do I need to do today? Who do I need to speak with? And that, it just mm. slowly started to chart a new path and bring back the motivation and hope of, you know what? Yeah, I, I am on the right journey. It's just... Mm. 
I'm in the fog right now and trying yeah. to kind of sort my way through. So that's where the book came through in that moment. So it just all started to feel natural. I was starting to talk about the idea of the book. The reflection was, wait, I've interviewed hundreds of people now, either directly related to the app or for the podcast. And they're all asking really powerful questions. Again, how do we bring those questions to people, but through a narrative that lands and relates to where you're at in your life right now? In a way, the book because that was the next step. The book is actually almost like an analog version of what the app was in a way. The more I think about it, because it's really designed to meet people where they're at. And then people land on a question or a chapter with whether it's people from the past, like Robin Williams or Picasso or Jane Austen, or people from the present day, like Ryan Holiday, James Clear, and so Mm -hmm. forth. There's something in there for everyone to get started. So yeah, that was, I guess the, the, catalyst or the jumping off point to saying, you know what, I'm just going to stay with this and I'm going to just create kind of the one man show or one man business on this side and write and just bring these practices to people. Then the next big one really from that as the book had launched, and I was starting to do some of this because of the app, but there were speaking opportunities or working directly, and this is the part I really like, working directly with teams to onboard their teams into mental fitness. Like, what Mm -hmm. is it? How do you integrate these kind of modalities and this way of thinking into your personal and professional lives? Because at the end of the day, I mean, it's super simple. When minds stop functioning or aren't functioning optimally, I don't care what you're working on or what you're doing in your life. You're not doing it at your full capacity. Yeah. And probably most importantly, it doesn't feel good. There's something off or you're not feeling well or you're not feeling like you're fulfilled or whatever. There's it's different for everyone. But no doubt when your mind's not functioning and we all deserve our minds to be functioning at maximum capacity. Like, I mean, why not? Right. So that's how I got into this current phase of what I'm doing on the mental fitness, I guess you can say landscape. I love that. And by the way, I really love the term mental fitness. It's a term I came across just, I think a few months ago, starting to research. And I heard a first one, founder of Calm, forgot his name. Yeah. uh, Michael Acton Smith. Exactly. So he mentioned it on a podcast. He was like, I want to be like, you know, we want to be the number one mental fitness. I'm like, shit, mental fitness. Yeah, right. Because when people say mental health, it's usually in a bad connotation. It's not good, yeah. right? Like it's like people yeah. who, are, who have trouble. And most people don't really have like really bad mental health. They just have, they need to work on their fitness, mental fitness. So it goes, it's such a perfect term, not used enough, I guess, by the industry. And so, and Right now, so what would you say you are most fired about when it comes to mental fitness? What does it take for one to get into a mental fitness or a high state of mental fitness? Well, I think the first thing I'm probably most fired up about is just the term or where things have gotten to. Because I remember when I first heard Michael Acton Smith mention the term mental fitness, and it was around right at the beginning of our journey on Keo, and we were speaking in those languages as well. And I think at the time, it was the first time I had ever heard that term from someone else as well. And we ended up emailing back and forth talking about that. (laughs) But now it's starting to become more adopted. And this is what I'm excited about because the motivation or I guess the excitement behind all of this is that people are starting to get to the same place that when you think of physical fitness and you think, of course, I need to do some sort of exercise or, or remain physically fit. Like it's just, that's not a nice to have. It's a requirement to be healthy, right? (laughs) And it's starting the mental fitness side of 
things is starting to get to that point as well. And I mean, I'm biased, obviously, but I think if you're going to prioritize something, it should always be mental fitness first because it's your mind that tells you to go and be physically fit or to go and exercise or to be conscious of what you're consuming, whether that's nutrition for your body or nutrition for your mind, right? Right. And, you know, this is what excites me because when we start prioritizing our minds and what we put in it and how we process things, whether that's five minutes a day to start or just being you know, just the practices be more intuitive as the day goes on. I mean, it just leads to tremendous opportunity, right? Whether again, personally or professionally. And I think, again, just drawing the parallels, people and myself included understand these links, but just like physical exercise, just because if you don't like running or you don't like uh, you know, road biking or something like that doesn't rule out the whole category of physical fitness. And it's right. the same thing with mental fitness. So, you know, I invite anyone listening, if you want to dive into the topic, like try the things that, you know, put a smile on your face, like list out those activities. Is it, you know, when you meditate, do you feel good after that? When you journal, do you feel good after that? Or take a wa- long walk in, in silence and just see what's around you. Like you make your list of mental fitness activities that then you can default to on a consistent basis for the for the training. But also when you're in these moments where your mind feels overwhelmed or there's too much going on or you feel like you don't have control over the next decision you go to any one of those activities and it pops you out of that narrative resets gets you back on track so yeah i mean i think this is where we're heading i mean i think it's going to become the norm that be like oh yeah yeah i'll meet you for dinner i just i have to get my meditation in or i'm doing a round of breath do you want to meet me and this is happening i mean i'm seeing in my own circle of friends where i'm having meetings at breathwork studios you know we're meeting there to do hot cold therapy and a round of breath work and after this is when we're having a, a discussion versus hey let's just meet for drinks or something like that it's exciting. Where do you live again? <laughs> yeah, I live in Toronto, just outside Toronto. of Toronto. And the place I'm talking about is probably, it's actually accessible to anyone worldwide through their app, but it's called Othership. And they have a physical space. And then I'll send you guys a link as well, because I think they gave me a discount on that link. Then they have a Breathwork app, which is, in my opinion, the best one I've seen. Yeah, it's really good. I mean, I use it daily. And as we know, to use any app daily, I mean, (laughs) there has to be a good motivation. Yeah, I'll I'll send you the link. You can pop in the show notes. I would love that. And yeah, man, I mean, you know, it's definitely something that I'm also trying to get into, obviously, as much as possible. There's a few things when it comes to mental fitness. I think one of the things that is the strongest and hardest to cultivate is faith. I think it has to do with mental fitness. Activities like meditation and walking silently or walking in nature or things like that are, you know, one thing, but also faith manifestation, the things that you kind of introduce some other people on on your show, those have a lot to do, right? With like the way that you can take care of your sanity in such a crazy world. Yeah. Well, I, I kind of talk about this. I'm trying to think of, there was a profile in the book. I think it was on Marcus Aurelius. And the whole idea around his chapter was to audit your belief systems. Mm-hmm. Because we, when we have a really strong belief system, those 
points and those anchors within the belief system are usually the things that help us get through the hardest of times or bring us back to some some sort of sense of purpose or why we're doing these things, right? right. But what often happens is we're born into a set of belief systems, yeah. right? Whether, whether that's religion or spirituality or just like a way of operating, for example. And then we don't often pause at one point in our lives to, to just, okay, well, wait a second, I'm evolving as my own human. Do those belief systems still check out for me? Right. And sometimes they do, and there are elements of it, but oftentimes they also don't. And if we don't stop to, to ask some questions, internal questions of ourselves, then all of a sudden, you know, it feels like we're just, we're, we're running around in the world kind of scattered, right? Whereas when you know, for me, like some of those beliefs, like Stoic philosophy is a fundamental belief system or guiding set of principles for me that I know when things are feeling wild or out of control, I can pick up a book by Ryan Holiday or pick up Marcus Aurelius' book of meditations. And I know that literally within minutes of just reading any of that text, it pauses whatever's going on in my mind and allows for a perspective shift. Like, oh, okay, this is another way I can tackle this or the, what I'm feeling or the circumstances going on in my life right now, probably not as bad as what I'm reading here. And if they were able to maneuver that situation, so can I, right? And that's what mental fitness is. And that's the training, right? Like, because if, you, if you're doing that every day, and it only has to be five minutes or a couple minutes, like just to get started. And then all of a sudden you'll start like as something comes in, all right, this is the pause I need. Instead of just reacting, I'm mm -hmm. just going to take five minutes in the middle of the day and reset my mind so that my mind isn't being dragged down all day or for the rest of the week, which then leads to the mental health. Right. right. Like that's the stuff. And this is where the training allows us to really, I think it's the Spartans that say this, like sweat more in training and bleed less in battle. <laughs> I mean, it, it makes sense, right? To put in the training and then you have the luxury of the pause when right. life happens. Definitely. I think doing meditation since I was like 20 something years old, definitely yeah. like it shifted the way that I'm able to experience setbacks and also when I'm angry, I can reset faster or, you know, things that are happening around me, you know, I can exactly, I don't have to react when you're mindful, right? When you have mindfulness in you, you don't have to react, but you really have to work on it. Like this is like a muscle, right? So you have to keep working on it. So you have to keep meditating to keep finding that going back and finding the spot in your busy life and how do you deal with corporate people that, you know, most of them are, you know, in the go, go, go mentality, you know, leave me alone. Like, yeah. let me do my job kind of thing. How do you train them for doing those kind of things? Well, I'm just, I mean, it's been fun actually rolling out some of these sessions because the thing is, at least the way that I do it is I always have two goals in mind. One, leaving people individually, even though we're doing this as a group, making sure that the prompts are individual so that everyone participating leave with their own personalized set of practices that they know will help their mental fitness training or get them started. But then the other goal in there is for everyone to feel the benefits of the practices in the moment we're together. 
And that usually shows up with gratitude type practices. Or most recently, I start, I kicked off a session with a nine minute breathwork sequence. Mm. I didn't tell like upfront when we, we booked everything, because I knew that it, people would be like, ah, I don't know, breathwork, like what's, what's that all about? So I just, you know, I had like one little line about the breathwork. Mm. And I did one session virtually f- first with this group. And I just literally started off with two or three deep inhale and exhales, nothing crazy. And that was just a little teaser. Then all of a sudden they said, oh, wow, yeah, I feel a little bit more relaxed and just kind of level set the minds. And then we got into the work. And then the next week we did something in person and I did the nine minute session. And that's all, I shouldn't say it's all, but it's probably the majority of what people talked about after. So I never realized how much something like breath work could you like just reset yeah. our minds right so yeah. you know anytime we do any of these sessions i always ask we always check in as a group I said you know one word how's your mind feeling right now and in that group you know they had a company meeting or a company dinner the night before and stuff so this was the first session 8 30 a.m session and most of the check-ins myself included because i went to that dinner as well where, you know, my, I feel tired, my eyes are heavy, I feel a lack of energy and whatnot. And within nine minutes, completely different group, completely. You know, people are energized, ready to go, they're curious and whatnot. So to answer your question, there's two things. One, when, and then I share those experiences, like thankfully through testimonials and whatnot. So you say, hey, this is, this is what, you know, your team can experience as well. But if that doesn't work, I mean, the blunt statement is just, this like especially in the last couple of years I, I hear it so they hear it your team's minds are full they're overwhelmed i mean we've had to deal with more pressure than we've probably ever had to deal with in our lives just given all of the pandemic related things and everything that ripples from that yeah. i mean it's no surprise that minds are stressed out and like you it there's a there, the mental health rates are through the roof like it's the highest it's ever been So that's my line is usually just let's do something to help relieve some of that pressure and train our minds to work for us instead of against us. And I'm not saying that, you know, what I'm doing is the end all be all. It's one method into mental fitness. But my approach is and just like what's in the book and the podcast is just very practical and quick starting points because simple works like simple we stick with. As soon as it gets complicated and all of a sudden this is going to take me an hour every day and I'm just getting started, we drop it. It it doesn't work, right? Yeah, 100%. And, you know, so here's the thing. So I'm working on, for people listening right now, hearing this for the first time, I'm working on the second app is about mornings and how you start your day, right? So I'm looking at... critical. Right. So like, what are the basic things that you can do right now to start your day off right? So that's why we, we're going to have, we're having gratitude and affirmations and visualizing and stuff like that. Can I ask you that I want to get into kind of like your personal routines and kind of, like, let's start with your morning routine, if that's okay. Like, or if you have one, do you have a specific set of things that you do in the morning or Every time something I, yeah, I have an approach to the morning, I guess I could say. Okay. And I can explain that. So for me, again, like just to set the context, it's been at least 12, maybe 15 years at this point of having some sort of mental fitness practices every single morning, or at least Monday to Friday. Yeah. So I only share that because if, you, if you've never done anything, 
you know, my examples, there might be parts of it that, that work, but the whole flow of it may be like, this is crazy. Like I would never do that. <laughs> yeah. Right. So for me, I, for the most part, I get up anywhere between 5.30 and 5.45. And from that time period until about 7 a.m. is purely reserved for the training of my mind and body. And so there's usually right now, and the reason I say I have a, a like a, an intention or a flow to the morning, not necessarily like this rigid set of practices because of, of this reason. I've noticed over the years that when I drop the pressure of saying, all right, when I get up at that time, I have to meditate or I have to journal or I have to do breath work and instead approached it, I'm getting up and prioritizing time for me to train my mind and body at this time. And what happens within that time period will evolve and shift depending on like what I need today. The consistent fact, so, and that, that just relieves, for me again, it relieved so much mental pressure of just like, okay, I have to do this, you know, versus I have a list of things that I know, again, will help me and I pull from those things. Cause I know no matter what I do on that list, It'll work. It'll do something, right? right? Yeah. So on the list usually is for sure journaling. I would say journaling is, is my baseline or consistent practice. Just probably no surprise given the backstory. Yeah. And I usually combine that with some sort of reading or content that is mental, mentally nourishing. So what I mean by that is either a book, a biography, or like something that is yeah. fueling my mind with positive content or forcing me to reflect and learn. Same thing with podcasts. You know, one morning it might be, hey, I'm going to put on a podcast, but I'm going to pick one that I know is going to energize and motivate me to get going. Yeah. So that's that's the content piece. Lately, like I mentioned earlier, I've been doing breath daily and I'm using other ship because the guided breath works sessions are just, they're combined with really upbeat music. And there's all different, just like what you expect nice. from Calm with their daily comms, there's also yeah. daily breathwork tracks. So it's always different and it's always different patterns of breathwork. And you can pick whether you want to be up-regulated or down-regulated or some mix of, of both. So that's yeah. usually the very, after a big glass of water, that's the first thing I'm doing is breathwork. And then I usually get into some sort of physical activity, exercise of some sort. And then it finishes off with that like learning and journaling piece. And then I get into my day and around 7, I call this whole period before 9 a.m. the pre-day. And it's the most important period of the day for me by far mm. so you have all of that kind of mental and physical prep and then around from 7 to 8 8 30 is when i'm writing usually mm. then i drive my son to school then the regular day starts wait by and, the way just to say because this is a podcast for father entrepreneurs you have kids right yeah um, six two? year old and six month old two boys yeah, like a very young baby amazing okay yeah and then, you know, all that happens. Then I drive my son to school, which I love. So we, you know, it's a little period or moment to bond. My wife picks him up afterwards. So I have the majority of the day to continue with the regular kind of work tasks and whatnot. But yeah, that's how my, okay. my day flows. And usually by the end of the day, and this is not always the case, but usually right before I go to bed, I might do a quick little journaling session, pen to paper, so there's no blue screen or tech or anything like that. And it's just usually some gratitude or setting some intentions for the next day. Just again, just 
doing anything possible to set up my my sleep now, right? So that my mind's not full, for example. Right. And these like it takes minutes. Like this is why I'm so lit up about this work. Like that yeah. takes minutes and dictates whether I'm gonna sleep well or not, right? Yeah. And this like I, this is accessible to anyone. Right. I mean, I yeah, I can I can definitely relate. The one thing that by the way, what are your go-tos for books right now? Yeah, I usually have a couple on the go and they're they're kind of classified into like that morning reading versus evening just a little bit lighter type thing. So the morning yeah, usually morning. is is very much uh motivated or 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 spark me to think differently so i just i'm looking at my bookshelf right now two books that i'm, I'm really enjoying just finished 12 notes by quincy jones okay. that nice. that book was unbelievable it's it's a book that i'm actually gonna it's the reason it's still on my bookshelf or on my desk i should say is i'm gonna go through the highlights and probably wow. write a couple pieces about it then the one i just started was i forget the author's name but it's the naval oh, navarro recant yeah, his what is it called? The Alka Alka. What is it? Not the Alchemist. No, the Al, no, the Alka Alchemac. Alchemac. Okay, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Okay, cool. Al, sorry, Al Almanac. Can't speak Almanac, this morning. Okay. Almanac. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Yeah. So that one's really cool. good, and it's again, it's just you, you pick that up, and it, it forces you to think, you know, a little bit differently or shift perspective. Yeah, I love Navarro Recant, and that's really cool. So I I find journaling the thing that I. Like all these, like I practice from time to time in my morning routine. I sometimes read. By the way, are you into into Buddhism at all? Yeah, for sure, for sure. I haven't read anything recently, but I would say Buddhism and a lot of like, I mean, the our journaling app was called Kyo, which is the Japanese word for today. There was a lot of like ancient Asian philosophy yeah. and whatnot looped into. I just like the 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 Zen aspects of a lot of those teachings. Right. And and so I have just a, a Buddhist chanting book. Oh, Buddhist, cool. Buddhist what's, that? what's that called? I'm going to write that it's just down. Like, you just write down on Amazon Buddhist chants in English, okay. translation to English. Just okay. order that. I got it for free in a meditation retreat. Like just, okay. just a book of Buddhist chants. It's, it's not so big. And there's a lot of chants and they're translated to English from Pali. And just reading through those sometimes is like, you know, it, it makes you kind of, again, think differently, question, yeah. or, right? It's like, you know, and so much wisdom. It's like you start your morning with wisdom. What could go wrong after that, right? It's like, so I love that as well. And I, I really connect to that breath work. I, I do breath work right now. I'm working on my own type of meditation that I call, I, I, I'm trying to call my meditation Genesis, basically, because I think we're, we're actually bringing to life everything that's in our mind, right? So it's generally you start yeah. with the creation. So it starts with breath works, going into inner, kind of like going into that mode, right? And after that, connecting to visualization and, and you know, creating the world that you want in the world and, and connecting it to to everything they have going now. But anyways, every all of that. Well, well just, just on that though, I mean, that's that's why I really enjoy breathwork because yeah. on the holds, you know, this is where I get lit up because I've given my work with prompts yeah. on the holds. And I've, I've started recording some tracks for other shit, but you know, if you, if you're going through a sequence of nine minutes and there's not, or there's three breath holds in that sequence, those are three opportunities to provide a really good prompt 
or sequence of prompts, to your point, you know, to either design your life, you know, in the way that you want to, to design it, then, you know, next could be visualizing how you're going to, how you're going to feel like what's going to show up. And you're stacking on another practice, like the breath work itself, setting your, your, your body in this, like the physiology of what's happening in your body is supporting the visualization and that clear, like, that's what I like about these kind of practices when you stack them on together like that, they're yeah. so much more powerful, right? right. Sorry like to interrupt, combo, but I'm, Mortal Kombat, yeah. right? Like you, yeah, totally, <laughs> right? Yeah, yeah, you get the extra points. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> no, it's awesome. I, yeah, that's why I love it. I think I'm like I love experimenting with, it. and and I think you, coming from experiencing some of Joe Dispenza's meditations, did you know yeah. probably Joe Dispenza's meditations? Yeah. So it's like it gets you so fired up. Like once I once in one of those meditations, I started crying. I'm like, shit! I how can a meditation make you cry? You know? So it's yeah. like I you know a lot of people don't understand how your emotional state could change your life. And therefore, oh yeah, and, and breathing work a lot of the times is really one, one of the things that really helps it, right? So it's like your breath work and then it's filling your heart and, you know, and, and consuming it into your heart. And like, there's so many like you, totally. using the internals of our body kind of like to, so yeah, I love that. But again, coming back to like one thing I'm struggling with is journaling, which is funny. Like it's your superpower probably. And it's like, I never was able to journal. I don't know why. I'm like, I'm, I tried and I'm, I'm looking at this blank piece of paper and I'm like, yeah, I don't know. I, what am I going to write? And, and as a kid, I journaled a lot as a kid, but, okay. but I, I don't know why now as an adult, I just really find it hard. Do you have any like specific, a, a couple of tips to, to maybe get unstuck? Yeah. yeah. Well, f- first of all, I would say you're, you're 100% journaling. It's just, we need to expand the definition of what journaling is because you're you're not alone in this in this this camp because often and and like what you just mentioned we think of journaling as like pen to paper blank notebook just away you go right what's on your mind type thing but if you if you really think about the practice itself the practice behind journaling is reflection and we all reflect we all ask questions we all you know think about certain things it's just whether just like anything, whether you want to do that with more intention and train your mind to ask better questions, train your mind to find those those moments of calm or stillness to to kind of zoom out and respond versus react like that's that's where it goes to the next level. Mm-hmm. So we're all we're all journaling, whether we know it or not. It's just whether we're doing it at a level that supports the person or the, the desires that we have for our lives. Right. So I think I, I always like to start there because it at least opens up what we're talking about. And all of a sudden there's a whole other world of possibility here because now you look at, okay, well, let's take a look at my day. Maybe I can squeeze in, you know, five or 10 minutes after lunch for a walk. And instead of, you know, throwing on an audiobook or, or music or whatever, I'll just walk with a question in mind or something, right? Like, what am I, what am I seeing, feeling? What am I hearing in the whispers, right? Like that, you know, the questions like that normally lead us exactly to where we need to go. Whether, again, whether that's in our personal life or during our, our, our work days, for example, yeah. right? Like, hey, this is, this is the unlock. Like, this is the strategy that needs to, to unfold. So it's that stillness, like that, that journaling on your walk that, that makes yeah. it possible, right? 
or yeah. it's an audio note in an app or you're you're you know you're writing just what's on your mind or what's what the block is and so forth like this is where i i obviously highly encourage prompts and questions to help because mm -hmm. it is it is tough to just open a blank sheet of paper or or digital paper or just a blank canvas in general the prompts though you know even something as simple as starting the morning off just asking yourself like how do i feel today you know and where do i feel that in my body do i do i feel stressed do i feel good you know like where's that showing up and often just by doing that and you can do that while your coffee's brewing your tea steeping your first glass of water like whatever it is like looking at those moments in your day that are always happening you know you you start the day acknowledging those emotions and you you know you release them often by just doing that and the the opposite of that though whether we do this or not those emotions are still there yeah. And they're, they're going to follow us into the day, whether we, we consciously realize it and they just pack into our minds and they affect our conversations. This is what I mean coming back to the work doing with teams, right? Yeah. This is where the minds start to become jammed and overwhelmed until you reach a breaking point. But there's always, there are always those moments. Chip, there's, there's someone in the book and that I've interviewed a couple of times, Chip Conley, that he he was, I think he still is, he was a mentor to Brian Chesky at Airbnb for, for many years. And before that, ran a, hospi a boutique hospitality hotel chain for 25 years called Joie de Vivre and sold that. Yeah. And he, he talks about this idea, what, I, what, I'm, what I'm mentioning as, as like psychic toll that, you know, it's like, you know, that feeling that, that builds up in your neck or your shoulders and it starts to feel tight or it's just to burn a little bit. I mean that doesn't just happen overnight it's usually you know days and weeks and potentially months of emotional psychic toll that is building and then all of a sudden you get to this point and you're like oh i need a massage or i need to do something my back hurts right uh, and just I'm, slowing I'm down right right now yeah yeah well just slowing it down and asking yourself yeah. okay well why like well, how do i feel and and what's fueling that that these emotions essentially so then you can make some quick course corrects yeah Man, I'm, I'm, you know, yeah, I'm, I'm going through a period right now where I'm like really strained in a way, Sure. Uh, but I'm also like an injury right now. I have a cracked rib and stress oh. fractures in both my feet right now. And I've, and my baby's not sleeping well. So anyways, it's like, yeah, kind yeah, of, it's a combination. Yeah. It's a combination. And I'm like, is it emotional though? <laughs> or is it like, like, or is it physical? I don't know. Anyways, but, but yeah, man, I, I'm totally with you. I'm, and, and. It's interesting thinking about journaling in another way, like reflecting and everything like that. It's very interesting. Going back to questions, and I want to like go go into the questions because I know it's also a big part of what you do, and it's all about your book. Everybody, just so you know, go on Amazon, get Personal Socrates right now, Amazon or any other, right? Yeah, or, thank you. So, by the way, I haven't checked if there's the audiobook out. Yeah, absolutely. It was yeah. recorded in this this booth. Okay, awesome. awesome. Yeah. So I will, I'm going to get the audiobook right now. That's on Audible and Apple Apple Books. Okay, awesome. So Yeah, thank you. Yeah, I mean, so in terms of oh, and by the way, I remember now why I haven't got it yet. Because I'm waiting for the one that I ordered from Amazon. Okay. Because, I, I, because the questions, it's like the thing you read in the morning, right? It's that. Yeah. And so yeah, yeah. And and, and so questions lead us. And do you know what, do you know, like the term affirmations? Yeah, of course. Right. So yeah. there's, there's, 
to anybody who doesn't know, like there's affirmations, which are positive statements that help you rewire brain and your mind and, and reset limiting beliefs. And there's affirmations, which is a concept that is saying, instead of an affirmation, ask a question, right? Ask that affirmation as a question. So it really reminded me of that. And just another note, really this morning, we have this like in my, in my team, I have a UI UX design agency and we have our daily insights now. So every, every day, every one of the team members shares insights. And one of them shared Steve Jobs' commencement speech where he says, connect the dots. And he was yeah. like, and he asked a question. He's like, every day, ask yourself this question. If this was the last day of my life, would I be happy doing what I'm going to do today? And I was, I thought about you. I'm like, oh yeah, right? It's like, yeah, yeah. Great question, right? Great question to ask yourself in the morning. So what are your questions that you ask yourself nowadays? Oh, I'm glad you added the nowadays because I mean, to me, a quality question is always evolving with right. as your life does, right? Like, so right. for example, like that question I asked, you know, what do I want for my life? That saved me from some serious mental health challenges or pulled me out of that. But if you ask me that question today, it's like, it's a nice check-in to, okay, mm -hmm. how are things, am I still on the right track? But now I find the questions that that come up most just because there's i've transitioned especially with the book and everything going on there seems to be a lot of really interesting opportunity that's popping up and i'm doing everything i can to make sure my clear my mind is as clear as possible to actually go down the right path mm -hmm. and the one that supports you know what you know the 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 business i'm trying to build and, and the person i'm trying to design for myself personally, mm -hmm. and just making sure that I'm not also just getting caught up with the momentum of whatever's happening. And all of a sudden in six months from now, I'll be like, oh shit, you know, that like, uh -huh. <laughs> how did, how did I get here? I mean, all of a sudden, yeah. you know, I mean, I'm not where I'm climbing, you know, to borrow some language from James Clear, I'm, I've climbed the wrong mountain. Right. 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 And so for me, then the questions like clarity type questions, like I shared earlier, like, what am I hearing in the whispers or like, what, what feels or sounds most true right now? And it's amazing, man. Like if mm. you just take even five minutes, just to calm the mind and still what's happening all of a sudden, what, you know, it, two minutes ago felt like, wow, there's so many things going on. All of a sudden you have what 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 i would describe as like laser like focus to be like you know what all of this stuff is noise but this here is where i should be directing my attention mm -hmm. right and that's that's what i feel is so powerful about good questions right they they give us that moment to 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 to, to pause they give us that stillness and they allow us to be very clear and then the next step from being clear is then intentional with what we do right like right. are the things that i'm doing each day day in day out are they supporting you know me or what i'm trying to build or pushing me farther from that person or that product or service or whatever it is right right so just just the pause like i have the the book open right now and i'm thinking of of your work as well and i'm thinking there's a prompt in there from scott belsky who was the the founder of behance and, and now vp over at adobe and his opening prompt in the chapter is, why am I building this? Mm. You know, just to like not get caught up. You, like, cause it's so easy to get caught up and go and build, build, build. And then you get to this point 
and you've kind of forgot why you started in the first place or you've iterated yeah. your way to like a completely different offering that yeah. may be right, but, but also may be completely off from the whole reason why you started this. And, and yeah. worse off, the examples he gave me were, you know, a degree off from the path in terms of what your customers actually want, right? And that's when it gets, you know, that's when it gets, and that's what happened to us, right? Like, you know, all of a sudden now you don't have customers that are paying, you know, for what you're building. So, yeah. you know, I'm rambling a bit, but a, a question like that allows us to just pause and realize, okay, well, maybe, maybe I am off course, whether it's your life or your business and your professional life. Yeah, no, definitely, man. I mean, I, that's my biggest fear. My, I, and, and I'm trying not to, I'm using fear, I think, to fuel me, not to really like, you know, hold me back. But I, yeah. it's, I do have this biggest fear where like, I have so much going on. What am I doing like that is off my course, right? How am I not listening to my intuition? And what, one of the things you said makes so much sense. And it, I, I worked with, with a coach. I, so for me, I, I had a hard time getting into gratitude. Because I don't, that's me. And most, I think most Israelis are like that, are very kind of just, I don't know, cynical or not cynical, but like, you know, don't give me that woo woo shit or self love shit. Like, you yeah. know, it's Israel, like we're fighting for every breath here. So I, I don't know. It's like, so when it came to gratitude, I knew it was an important tool for me for my mental fitness. So I got a, yeah. I got a, I got a coach who she is just the most great, grateful person I know. Like I met her personally in Summit of Greatness. Oh, yeah. And I was like, by the way, are you coming this year? I, I'm not. I've never been. You're talking about Lewis House of it? Yes. Okay. Please do. I'm planning on being there in September. It's going to be awesome. Yeah. Amazing. Uh, yeah. All right. So, so, so she's just amazing. I hired her and she worked with me in gratitude. And one of the most profound experiences she she gave me was when she was asking questions. It's like, yeah. Sagi, and I was like rambling about like, and about everything that I have going on and what I don't know what to do. And, like, and she's like, Sagi, what are you doing out of love and what out of fear? I'm like, holy <laughs> shit. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know? And then like, it made you think like for days. And, and then a couple of times we went into meditation and then in the meditation, there was the question, what am I channeled to do now? Like what, you know, and, and everything, yeah. like the questions lead you every single part of the way. Yeah. And yeah, and when you stop to ask yourself, just ask yourself the question, like, listen, meditate for a second, sit down, listen to all the noise around you and then say, what am I, you know, channel to do? What, what am I here to do? What should I focus yeah. on? Or the question will, the, the answer let me will. Let me give you another spin to gratitude. Maybe this will help with your your gratitude practice. And and everyone yeah. listening, you, you, you do, let's do let's do it together. It takes seconds and literally can completely change your your mindset. So, and we we'll do this now. But you can use this at any point if if you're again something comes up in in, in the day that that pisses you off or throws you off your game. Close your eyes and you think of who is that one person that you're super grateful towards, but have not thanked lately, you know, like bring them to your, to your mind. And, you know, just think about like, why, like what, what makes, what, what fills your heart about that person? What have they done? And what would you like to say to them? And the next step is, is a simple one. You can either express that message to them or just send them a text message. Like right now, just say, Hey, just thinking about you. Hope you have a good day. And, Here's the thing that happens. I mean, you just made their day. They'll yeah. probably write back saying, thanks for making my day. 
Now they just made your day. And what's not happening in that moment is your mind is not spinning in a survival state of mind. Your mind is now in a, in a happy, motivated, grateful state, which is the thriving state, which is where, I mean, Tony Robbins talks about that. I just wrote a chapter on him, so he's, he's fresh in my mind. But he says that, you know, in a thriving state of mind, answers flow you know they come naturally they're there you know we see the see the path in a lousy state of mind they're slow or they're just non-existent Mm -hmm. so this is just a way to easily shift your mind literally within seconds you give yourself a little dopamine or a little neurochemical cocktail of dopamine and serotonin the feel-good emotions instantly that's amazing i love that and and it's such again such a simple again like you said the simple stuff you know that that can change your life people don't understand it's the frequency that you cruise at whatever altitude right it's like that emotional frequency cruise at will will determine your success in your happiness together and you know or lack thereof it's it's just amazing how small exercises like that can bring you higher um, yeah, absolutely. So, yeah, and so, bro, man, I, I, I would, I, I can talk to you for hours, but we need to wrap this up. I know. Damn. I, we should, we should definitely get back and also talk about how you bring these mental fitness practices into your kids' lives. I would love to yeah. ask about that. I would love to also ask about your upcoming work. That the things that I know you're, I don't know if you can talk about it, but you know that I know what you're doing on a podcast right now with the Australian. Oh yeah, um, KPMG. Yeah, yeah. So, so I mean, there's so much to talk about, but I want to drive people for you know two main things right now, guys. First of all, go find Behind the Human and subscribe follow whatever, wherever you are. And then also get the book, Press on Socrates. Thank you. Because I think it's one of those best things. Like I'm, I can't wait for it to arrive so I can start checking in the morning, you know, like reading it as part of my stuff in the morning. And uh, thank you, man. Thank you for being who you are. And well, thank you. Received. And I mean, it's, you know, conversations like these, for me, we're recording this in the morning in my time zone. And it's just, it, it's, it's set my path and my energy for the day. So I thank you for that. And thanks for everyone who, who made it this far in the conversation and for listening and, and just for being the awesome human you are. Awesome. And thank you so much. And everybody remember, by the way, Mark, where's the best place to follow you online? Yeah. I mean, the best, like behind the human dot, dot com. Yeah, you can find the, the the podcast at Behind the Human or myself as M Champagne on Instagram. But everything's over at behindthehuman.com. Cool. Okay. So behindthehuman.com. Yeah. Sound good. Thank you so much. And we'll bring it back again. Absolutely. All right.